Welcome to the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. Want to say a big shout out to my pal Colin Hollett for joining me on last episode. Always a treat to catch up with Colin and what a hilarious dude. It felt like it could have went on forever with Colin, but I uh, got another great episode lined up for you today, folks. Had a great friend of mine, Mr. Brad Tuck, just released a new single. Uh, we had a real great chat about all the things he's up to. I mean, he's the drummer of Shani Ganook, drummer of Fairgale, plus he's a singer-songwriter. He releases a ton of stuff himself, ton of folk and traditional music. Um, we had a great chat about the Leafs. Uh, um, you know, it was a really great chat with, with, with Brad and, and, you know, it was nice to catch up with him. And, uh, so, you know, make sure you do stick around for that, that interview with Brad. Um, I had a great uh, concert myself this weekend, played at the ship pub. I was so lucky. I can't believe I sold it out. I mean, after taking this, this hiatus from, from doing some gigs, it was a real treat to be able to, uh, to perform again, uh, especially at the legendary ship pub. I mean, and for, you know, a hundred people, I couldn't, couldn't believe I sold that many tickets on, on a night like that. It was, uh, you know, it kind of blew me away, which was, which was really great. I, I kind of needed that breath of fresh air. So, you know, I definitely want to say a big shout out to anybody who bought a ticket, who came out to the show on Saturday, uh, big shout out to Tony Murray. You know, he's always a great helping hand and, and always, uh, you know, there in your corner from booking shows and stuff like this. Um, you know, big shout out to Vicky Foley sold a ton of merch for me. Um, couldn't believe the job that she did. So, you know, just a big shout out to Vic and, and, uh, to Tony and, and the staff at the ship pub and, and to everybody who bought a ticket and came out and sang along. I, I gotta say, I, I really, really enjoyed myself guys. It was a ton of fun. And it was uh, great to kind of get back into saddle. Um, got a bit of news myself. I mean, I got a new single coming out December 4th. Um, new song called So I'll Go. Features a bunch of great musicians and artists in the city. Um, recorded with Robert Kelly. Uh, we actually recorded this song about a year ago. And I've been kind of sitting on, on it for a while. I was thinking it more kind of felt like a winter song to me. So I, I've been sitting on it all summer. And, and, you know, just really excited to get this one out. It's a bit different for me. Got a great vibe. It's upbeat. And, you know, Nick Earl's ripping some slide guitar in it. And, uh, you know, just a really, really upbeat, fun song. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out on my social media channels for you know, for uh, the pre-save and the downloads and all that stuff. So, but December 4th is when the official single comes out. Um, actually was uh, lucky enough to jump on with Greg Smith on VOCM just uh, last week and, and previewed the song and, and got to chat about, you know, all the cool things that were going on. Um, so, you know, big shout out to Greg and speaking of VOCM, um, keep an eye, you know, and an ear out um, for the, uh, a great event that you know they put off every year that, that Greg asked me to be a part in. Um, actually shot a couple songs uh, recently for that. So you know, keep your eyes pe- peeled. There's no official uh, you know date set on that, but you know when it does, you'll you'll be the first to know. Uh, I think there's a ton of different artists involved. So really really cool project, and I'm you know very very lucky to be be a part of it. So you know thanks to Greg and and VOCM. Um, you know, once the ship show was, was, was finished up, now we're heavy into, into Christmas. It's, uh, getting ready here to, to pitch this Tibbs Eve show. I mean, it's a great show. I always put off every year, uh, December 23rd at the rock house. If you're unfamiliar with Tibbs Eve is Tibbs Eve is the day before, um, Christmas Eve. I mean, especially if you're listening from outside of Newfoundland, most Newfoundlanders definitely know this one because it's a, it kind of represents a day to get together with your family and your friends or sorry, get together with your friends and get out and have a few drinks before, you know, the Christmas season where you, you know, you're kind of hanging out with your family for a few days. It's a huge day in Newfoundland. It's always a massive party. Uh, I've been putting off this show at the rock house for a number of years. Tickets will 
will be on sale soon. Uh, you know, once again, keep an eyes, keep your eyes peeled on my social media, and I'll have all those uh, those links posted and and all the uh, you know event details. But you know, uh, you know, as of now, December twenty third, the Rock House, it's all a go. Really, really looking forward to that one. Got the full band, going to be my first full band gig in in almost a year. Um, got a great opener, and it's you know it's just always a fun time with the Rock House. It's always great to get everyone together over the holidays, and it's it's you know it's a great kickoff to the Christmas season. Um, what else is going on here? You know, that's pretty much for, for my music stuff. That's, that's what's going on. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I was really excited about the show at the ship and, and, uh, you know, I'm really pumped about Tibbs Eve. Um, other than that, I've just been, you know, kind of just dibbling dabbling on some, on some new stuff that I've been writing myself and, and, uh, you know, kind of got a little plan in works for, uh, for after Christmas to, to get some new recordings done and, and hopefully get a, uh, you know, either a new EP or, um, you know, a new record going. I'm that's, that's the plan right now. Um, I'll definitely keep you posted on all that stuff. Obviously been watching a ton of sports, you know, the Packers in, in, uh, in the NFL, my team, they had a, had a great great week this week uh shout out to the seattle seahawks rogers came back after that weird covid thing where he kind of pretended like he was vaccinated which kind of makes me feel a little weird about aaron Rodgers after you know being a big big fan of him which i am a fan of him but something that i uh it's, it's making me feel a little odd about i mean just kind of lying about the vaccine and, and i don't know and saying some Joe Rogan stuff. I don't know. It's, it seems kind of weird. But anyways, he came back this this week and had a great week. Shout out the shout out the uh the Seahawks, which was it which is a big win, obviously. Um been, you know, like I mentioned last episode, been watching a lot of Raptors and stuff too, which is great. Scotty Burns is looking incredible. Uh, it was a tough loss last night against Portland, but I mean, still a young team, still lots of work to be, you know, it's still lots of work to do, sorry. And, um, you know, it's still an exciting team to watch. I, I think everyone's really, really excited with Scotty Burns, and, and it'll be good to get Pascal Siakam back heavy into the lineup. I mean, once he returns, I think it's going to be a bit different a team. Obviously, watching the Leafs. The Leafs are back on a bit of a winning streak, which is great to see. Peter Morazic's injured. Jack Campbell's been great. Um, the lines are all rolled up again or switched up again here. I mean, me and Brad had a great chat about this, so I won't dig into the Leafs too much. Another real cool thing I've been I've been paying attention to, guys, is the uh, you know the men's Canada soccer team uh, played last week in Edmonton. They won. Um, it's so funny to me that this team is you know the home games are in Edmonton in November because I know it's a Canadian advantage. But last last week the 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 weather was was it was chilly. I think it was about minus or you know around zero to minus two kind of thing. Everyone looked pretty cold. But um, I mean, when you guys are listening to this. The, the results will be up, but you know, I'm, I'm recording on Tuesday here and there's actually a match tonight, uh, Canada versus Mexico. And it's looking like, I think today it was like 20 or 25 centimeters of snow fell in Edmonton and it looking like around game time, it's going to be about minus 15. So I'm really uh, looking forward to checking in on that match and, and seeing how that works out. Canada versus Mexico. I'm sure Mexico is going to feel a little out of their element playing in minus 15 in Edmonton in November. So um, that'll be a great thing. I mean, that's a, you know, it's a world cup qualifier. It'd be really great to see the men's national team make a shot at that, that world cup, you know, they're in pretty good shape right now. So that's very exciting. Um, you know, that about does it for me, guys. Not going to hold you on too long. I had a great chat with Brad. We were chatting all kinds of different things. And um, he's an awesome songwriter, guys. Awesome musician. He's got a ton of great music out. I mean, he's, he's got his hat and everything. And, and he's just, uh, you know, he's a really down-to-earth guy. Really great guy. So make sure you do stick around for a great interview with Brad Tuck. 
And I'd like to welcome Mr. Brad Tuck to the podcast. How you doing, Brad? Thanks for joining me today, man. Good, buddy. How are you? Long time no see. Yeah, man. I'm doing great, man. Um, you know, all is good over here. Um, I had a great gig the weekend, and uh, you know, it was it was nice to kind of recharge the batteries and and uh, and 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 get out playing some tunes for some people. I know you've been really busy yeah. yourself, man. I know you got a lot on your plate. Um, you just released a new single first off. I mean, you know, what's the, what's the reaction kind of been since, uh, since you dropped the new single? Oh yeah, man. I've blown away. It's been absolutely unreal. Like, uh, I've been telling some people like, this is probably the most proud I've ever been of any song I've written. So uh, to have it all come together and to release it and have people, you know, message uh, and comment on it and stuff and say some really nice things. It's, it means the world It gives you more motivation to keep writing and to keep going. Right. So yeah, it's been I great. Yeah, I can relate to that. So the single is called The yep. Red Violin. Um, it's an original song of yours. I mean, you shot a great video for it, Upstairs Brody Malloy's, which is, it's just like one of those most iconic spots in Newfoundland. I mean, it's it's funny that they've never quite, uh, you know, before we get into the song, but like just talking about yep. that, that space of Brody's, it's funny they've never quite utilized that and turned it into a bar, but it's also been a great backdrop for so many different it things. I mean, I know you shot a video there. I think Larry, well, I actually did an episode of um, this old guitar with Larry Foley a number of years ago. He was shooting, he did a whole series up there, the whole season yep. up there. Uh, I know yep. Justin Fancy just did, he did the Grammy things up there. Cause it's just such a neat little it backdrop. I mean, with the bricks and all that stuff. Right. I know. I hope they never develop it, but <laughs> it's, too nice, it's too nice. No, but I think it's been like in talks to be developed for years and years and it's just, it's never happened. Right. But man, what a beautiful spot. It's the perfect location for a video, like really sets a certain mood. Like, I'm sure it wouldn't work for some things, but everything that I've seen shot there is just perfect. Right. Yeah, yep, I agree, man. It's just this big, huge open room. Like it's, I mean, yep. the ceilings are like 40 feet up there in some of the parts. Cause it's oh, kind of like sure. a big section with a half section up top. Right. There is. Yeah. And we couldn't quite get like we shot a video for Jacob Lewis, a friend of mine, uh, a couple of years ago, and we went up to the next level again. But this time there was like they had everything barricaded up there. And I guess they're doing some construction work or something up there. But uh, the room we shot in your right, man, is like massive ceilings and there's like ladders all around and tables <laughs> and dusty chairs. It's perfect. Right? <laughs> well, man, I used I actually worked at Bridie's. I mean, that was probably um let's say 2009 maybe 2010 i worked at the worked on the bar there it was before i ever okay. played music downtown or anything and um i remember hearing a story that that there's a bar up on that very top section that you mentioned with with jacob's yeah. uh, video yeah. up there that bar was actually flown in from like some other place it, and dropped in i'm pretty sure in in several different was. parts right i heard it was like something to do with a ship or off a boat or something yeah, Did you because it's that? beautiful and it's just like right I mean, it's, it's gorgeous yeah. it's kind of a shame because it's just like old coffee cups sitting on it and shit, <laughs> paint cans i know but yeah i know like i do think eventually you'll see something kind of happen up there because it'd be an amazing space for like a music venue it really it's would. right yeah yeah at the same so time let's so. let's dig into the song a little bit brad i mean it's an original song yours the title's called the red violin um, I want to ask you about the story of the song and kind of the origin sure. of, of where it came from and, and, you know, what your thought process was when, when you were really, uh, you were putting it together. Yeah. So, uh, typically if I have like certain, certain phrases or titles or something, I'll just keep a memo log on my phone. If I hear something that sounds cool, I'll just like, Oh, just break that in there. Maybe I'll come back to it at some point. Maybe I won't. But anyway, I was just kind of flicking through those memos about a year ago and I saw a title, the red violin. And I was like, that's kind of, kind of, there's something can be told there like there's something there so i just started kind of coming out with 
a bunch of ideas, almost like a little you know, back in school, you do at the tree and you start to <laughs> whatever yeah. that was called, spring off ideas. And uh, it was around Remembrance Day is what it was last year. So it ended up going down that road of, uh, of an old uh, gentleman working at a bar in Ireland and a uh, uh, patron walks in and sees a violin on a shelf and asks the bartender how that ended up there type thing. And uh, as the story gets told, it's the bartender's old fiddle. He, he went away to war. When he came back, he had an injury, couldn't play anymore. So the fiddle was, or the violin was just kind of laying on a shelf, right? So uh, it's a bit of a somber tale, as I've been telling people. But at the end, there's a nice, it wraps up nicely with the violin getting a second chance at life. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's quite, in, it's pretty long. It's, <laughs> I felt like it was just kind of going for, I, I wrote it all in one night. And by the, by the time it was all over, I was like, man, this is probably too long. But as I tried to kind of cut it down to that typical, you know, three and a half, four minute window that everybody's searching for is I felt like I was cutting out integral parts of the story and I didn't want to do that. So I figure every now and then it's okay to have a longer song and that tells a story. So I'm glad I, I just kind of left it as it was. Yeah. I mean, that's a challenge. I, I find that myself sometimes. I mean, I'm one of those people too, Brad. I mean, I write long songs sometimes and then I find it hard yeah. to go and cut apart. I mean, cause if you want to cut yeah. a song, I mean, you know, for, for the, maybe for the general population probably don't realize this, but it's hard to, you, you can't get a five minute song on radio or it's, it's harder, you no. know, maybe, maybe local there's, Newfoundland radio, you might get away with it occasionally and stuff like that. But I mean, if you're trying to get any, only, any popular, popular radio, they're not going to take a five and a half minute song because it's just too long. Right. It's, it's two songs for them essentially. It is. Yeah. Like you say, you're trying to get around well, the three minute mark. And yeah. Like, so how do you balance that struggle? I mean, you got to just kind of pick and choose, right. You have to, you have to come up with, I mean, you have an idea and a concept and you have to, say, all right, well, we're either going to roll with this or we're going to cut back and cut out integral parts of the yeah. song. So it's a challenge, right? It is. And like, I didn't just want to jump into the, to the song starting with like, no, here's the violin and Buddy's gone to war and it, everything is happening. Like I wanted to set it up. And that's kind of where I came up with the idea of the guy meeting the bartender at the bar and asks him about the violin. And then he tells the story from his point of view. So that's two verses there, just yeah. kind of setting it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if you want to trim the fat, maybe you cut all that and, and have a song three minutes, but I didn't, I didn't want to. I figure every now and, now and then it's okay to have something that, you know, is really for the music lovers and that type of thing. And, and uh, so I just left it. Yeah, and absolutely. And I mean, especially with folk music, I mean, folk music generally tells a story a lot of times. I mean, this, this song obviously tells a great story, and, and I think that is – um, you know, it, 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 it deserves to be told the story deserves to be told and, and, and not have the fat trimmed off it. Like you mentioned. Um, I yeah. mean, I think that's kind of the struggle, I think, especially with, with the way music and the music industry is going and pop music is, I mean, I don't know if there's really any, a whole lot of weight to a lot of music anymore, especially, you know, outside of the folk genre, it's, it's a lot of just, you know, pop and, and, and dance and, and whatever kind of get your hair, your head moving, but there's not really a generally story. So, I mean, it's great to really be able to tell that story and I, I think that people would would rather it that way especially you know in folk and traditional music i think so too like and i i tend to appreciate basically every type of music but a lot of the like the modern pop and stuff you hear on the radio like i call it disposable music because it's here one day and it's gone the next and you never see it again <laughs> Type thing it's just like it's the biggest song in the world one day and then it's gone, right? Whereas I feel like some stuff like down the folk and trad avenues and this kind of stuff that tells stories, like it has some longevity to it. And in a hundred years time, like hopefully these, that kind of song is, is still being told, right? And, and being sung. So I think there's, there's something to be said about that as well. Well, I mean, both as people who, you know, we've both sang a ton of Newfoundland traditional folk music. I mean, 
you can just think of the songs that that people are still singing up and down George Street every night. You know what I mean? Like songs that have been around for years and years that will continue to be sung for hundreds of years because they tell a great story. And um, I think that's the whole point of it, right? Yeah, I think so too. I feel like there's almost been some kind of like a a resurgence in folk and trad music. Like I've talked to some guys, uh, like they were playing on the street 25 years ago and it was kind of faux pas to be playing that kind of music. (laughs) It was kind of, you know, not trying to hide it, but it wasn't, I mean, you walk in any bar on George street now and there's like remixes of heave away and, and all these old songs, you know, like old great big C songs. Like, so it's it's pop culture. Now it's pretty, it's in a mainstream type thing, right? At least here in Newfoundland, I can't speak for, for anywhere else, but. No, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's, that's the, that's the culture that, that me and you are both in. I mean, we're both right in the middle of that. So that, that's kind of what we see. Um, for anybody yeah. who, who's watching on YouTube right now, you'll probably notice Brad, I'm, I'm assuming you're in your, your home, you're at your house there now in a home studio, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. Down so in the I wanted to ask you about, I wanted to ask you about the production of, of the red violin and a lot of your songs, because I know that you do a ton of the work yourself. Um, can you speak a little bit about that and, and, and more so, especially uh, the, the latest song? Yeah, sure. Basically, well, uh, the Red Violin is basically the same as uh, my first two records and everything I've done. It's all basically done here, and I play all the instrumentation on it, except for the fiddle. And I get a, a great uh, great fiddler by the name of Ray Legere from New Brunswick. He's like an award-winning, uh, just amazing, amazing musician. It's not just the fiddle. He can play just about anything. And I met him online, actually, and he uh, he's nice enough to do the fiddle tracks for me on all my stuff. So he, he laid a great track on the Red Violin. And uh, actually, when we shot the video for it, I was able to get a bunch of my friends here from Newfoundland to, to join me and kind of take a verse each, uh, which, you know, with it being a long song, I, I thought maybe having the four or five different fiddlers, it kind of kept the video moving. It felt like something was always happening. So as to not lose the, the viewer's attention. Right. So I think that worked out great. But uh, yeah, as far as the production, uh, I do find it challenging sometimes with stuff being self-produced. You're you're kind of in your own head uh, a lot. Right. So. Sometimes it's nice. It's good to have friends in the music industry as well, as you can, I'm sure, speak to uh, people to bounce ideas off and, and kind of send it out before it's done and say, what do you think about this? And I can credit a good friend of mine, uh, Andrew Rogers, who you know, obviously, and uh, Patrick Moran plays fiddle uh, with us in Shanaganock and, and a few other things. He, uh, both guys gave me the same feedback. They said, you know, don't leave it as it is, man. Don't, don't cut it. Like, you know, because I was kind of going over that with them no it needs to be told the story needs to be told as it is so that's some great feedback i got from them and it really helps because you're down in a studio for like 10 hours a day laying down all these instruments and you're editing it and you're you're putting it all together and at the end of the day you don't know really what you have anymore <laughs> so anyway, I, i'm lucky enough to have a guy peter green who you know as well he done the mixing and mastering on it and just a great job on it so it's nice at the end of the the project to send it off to somebody else to do the mixing because by that time years are too tired. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, overall it, it worked out great. For- yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I always find that challenging myself. It's like, it's like when you're recording stuff, I mean, and you're doing stuff at home and, and like you, like you mentioned, your ears kind of get tired and you start hearing things and then, then you think you're hearing things and then you're going, Oh, I don't know if that's right. But at some point you have to just exactly. be content with what you have. Right. At some point you have to just be like, all right, this is it. Oh man, you could spend, you could just work on something for years. (laughs) At some point you just gotta, like you said, let it go and let the world kind of have, have a look at it. Right. But uh, no, I'm, I'm really happy with how that one turned out and I'm about halfway through uh, a full record right now. So that song will be 
will be on it as well. So hopefully have that out by the spring, but you know, doing, playing all the instrumentation on it. And like you say, editing and everything, it takes so much time, right? It's, and it's been a busy few months. So hopefully, uh, hopefully by the spring, we'll get that one out. It's also, I'm, I would imagine, pretty rewarding to be able to do that, though, and, and be able to work on it kind of at your own pace, at your own leisure at home, too, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's the biggest pro for me. Like, I know there's better bass players than me. There's better mandolin players. <laughs> there's better everything. But just being able to, to kind of do it, and it might take me a day and a half to kind of work out a bass part to get it the way I want and to really lock in on it right. Whereas I can get some just great bass players on the island. I got great bass player friends that could probably come in in a half hour and, and cut it, but trying to line up schedules and then just taking their time, you know, and stuff. So at the end of the day, it's just easier for me to come down here at my own leisure, have a cup of coffee and, and work it out and, and lay it down when I get it right. So. And the, and the other side of it too is, I mean, you're a musician. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, you want to make sure that, everybody is compensated fairly and all that stuff. And that is, you know, recording is a big expense. Yep. So if you could manage to do any bit of it yourself, I mean, if you can pick away at different parts yourself, I mean, it well, saves you a couple of dollars, especially in this day and age, Brad, where music is, you know, it's mostly streamed and, and it's digital. And, and so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be, you gotta kind of pick and choose your battles on, on, on who you're going to get in and, and where you're going to allocate your money. 100%. Nowadays, basically, you're paying all this money to make a CD, and it's it's almost like a calling card. It's yes. like a card you just you give out to people, you're, right? It's like you know, selling CDs. It's a lost lost art in that sense. So you're basically making a record. Hopefully, it gets some attention. People like what you're doing, and you can get some gigs out of it and that type of thing, right? And mm -hmm. uh, as you can probably once again, you you can attest to it. It's not it's not really making music is a is a passion thing for us. It's what we love to do. Um, I'd almost pay somebody to, to let me make music if it came to that, you know? So it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is in that sense. But being able to save money on studio costs, uh, hiring musicians, like you said, it's, it's a big save for sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Shani Ganook, Brad. I know you are the drummer for Shani Ganook. Um, I think you've been with the guys now a few years now. Like how has that process been? I mean, obviously you're also the drummer for Fairgale, which is a, you know, a rock band. I mean, it's two completely different genres, um but i know that you you know your heart is you know you love traditional and folk music and and i i'm, I'm sure you've been a fan of shani ganook over the years and stuff like that so i mean when you got that opportunity it must have been a real treat but it must have been quite a transition for yourself to kind of move into that that role was it oh absolutely yeah and uh it was just as i was working on the release of my first uh my first album solo album the trad i just had made that transition back to that world and i got the call from from shani ganook to kind of they were looking for a drummer at the time so we did some rehearsing and went on the road with the guys it's been four years now and it's like you said it's been quite a transition from that uh drumming for a traditional band as opposed to drumming for a band like fairgale it's a it's night and day right mm -hmm. I, I have different setups and when it comes to it i have different pedals i use <laughs> it just allows you to play certain types of music easier right but uh i learned a lot right jumping into that band and as opposed to i mean playing big stages and big audiences you know it's been it's been a great, it's been a great four years for sure. Another great thing I noticed, uh, obviously I've seen you perform with, with Chani over the years, you know, a few times. Another great thing is you always manage to slip a couple of your own songs in, even on the kit, you're back there singing a couple of, you know, <laughs> you always do rise up, which is always, I mean, yeah. that must feel like a real yeah. treat that, you know, the guys love like that song and, and they, they want to incorporate that into the live set. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Right. Oh my God. Absolutely. And it's almost been right from day one, like from that first year, 
that I released that single and Chris said, you know, why not? Let's, let's play it live. And right from that day, like, I think it was two years ago on George street, we opened the show with it. Like here's Shannon. Here's the first song. Let's play rise up. Right. I was like, oh, all right. Sounds good. <laughs> like, it's quite a, quite a great for me. You know, a song I wrote, wrote in my basement four years ago and, you know, and people reacted to it too, like, and, and sing along with it. It's pretty, Man, it is a very Pretty catchy special, song. Sir. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I always have the, you know, the uh, Irish Newfoundland show on, on on the weekends, and I'm always listening to yeah. Jigs and Reels and all, all those shows and Homebrew. And I mean, it always comes on, and it's like 4 p.m. and I'm going, eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's a great tune, man. Really, really, ca- really, really catchy stuff. And um, no, it's really, really neat, man. Um, so I-, I wanted to ask you a couple things. So, okay. Uh, 2018, you released These Waters. Uh, 2019, The Rocky Isle. And 2020, The Isolation Sessions. Can you talk about the isolation session? Isolation. That's hard, that's hard to say. The isolation it is. sessions. <laughs> Can you talk about you what, what that is and, and what, what, what that whole project was? Sure. So that was basically, yeah, I was written in the middle of the pandemic. And I was kind of looking for something just to get something out there, some new music. And uh, over the last few years down here in the basement, I've been just doing some multi-instrument uh, videos and kind of track them on their own, do a video for it, put it up on YouTube, on Facebook and that type of thing of different songs that I like over the years. And uh, people tend to, you know, to really gravitate towards it and they all got good responses. So I just took some of those songs that I had done. I saved all the recording projects, uh, remixed them, remastered them, and then put them out as this compilation uh, during the pandemic. And I think it was Beeswing was the last one I did. Uh, I did a version of that right before and, and put that on there as well. And that was, yeah, so that made up the five or six songs. And that's about all it was. Just yeah, a I'm compilation like, I'm of just, those videos. I'm just looking at it here now. I mean, a bunch of great tracks on this one. Yeah. I mean, Beeswing. I mean, this this song's becoming just a staple in Newfoundland culture right now. I mean, it's one of the most popular songs in Newfoundland. Oh, I mean, you go downtown any night, you hear a number of people singing it. People love to hear it. I mean, I play it. Yeah. I mean, people are always asking me to play it. Uh, yeah, version. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got uh, O'Brien, which is an, an unreal song. Uh, have you ever fell in love, Neil O'Leary? I mean, uh, wicked, wicked yeah. tune, and you know, classic like "Go Lassie Go" yeah. and "San Rogers Fogarty's Cove." I mean, just a great selection of songs on that yeah. one. Yeah, I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, there was uh, that O'Brien song, and that's uh, Darcy Broderick's version with the fables or something else, right? Uh, <laughs> so I took a crack at that one, but it's it's an acoustic record, you know, for, or an EP. I guess it's not a full length record, but it's all acoustic, just a, a vocal and a guitar and a little bit of percussion and that type of thing. So it's different from the other uh, two full length records, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and, and it's great. Uh, another song I wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, Christmas Coming Up, The Light Support a Grave. Can you talk a little bit about that song? Is that an original song of yours? Yes, it is. Yeah, I wrote that one last Christmas and released it. It's uh, obviously all about a little community in Newfoundland, uh, Port of Grave. And every Christmas, all the fishermen light up their boats with Christmas lights. And uh, it's become quite an attraction in Newfoundland. It is. Yeah, it's just beautiful, by the way. If you know, if anybody from outside the province is, is, is unfamiliar with what we're talking about, just take a second and Google it right now. Type in Port of Grave, the lights, the yeah. Christmas lights is really, really cool thing what they do. I mean, sorry, go and you can finish up there. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's, like you said, it's, it's an attraction basically for in Newfoundland and beyond at this point. So uh, 
I just thought it'd be a cool thing to write a Christmas song about. I love Christmas and my family's, my family loves Christmas. It's a big time of year in our house. So I thought it, it was time for me to write a Christmas song. So <laughs> that's the topic I chose. And they were great about, it. I reached out to the crowd in Fort Grave and the, the boat lighting committee and they provided me with some pictures and some video and stuff. And uh, yeah, b- between all the jigs and the reels, we, we turned out a nice song, I think so. Yeah, no, it is. It's beautiful. And, and a great video, too. It really showcases, you know, the lights and, and the boats and, and Christmas, too, which yeah. is obviously a, a very special time in, in Newfoundland. I mean, it's I don't, I don't know if I mean, Christmas is special, I think, all around the world, especially, you know, obviously, if you celebrate it and, and if you're, you know, if you have a big Christmas family, but it seems like Christmas in Newfoundland is just something else. Like it's already ramping up here. I mean, things are starting to get underway. I mean, if people got their lights up and trees up, but it seems like Christmas at home is just like a really, really special occasion. It is. Yeah. Like I said, Christmas is is a big time, big time of year for us. And uh, like I I remember growing up, my dad used to make uh, like big Christmas ornaments out of plywood and stuff like that. So I was like four years old out there pretending to paint out in the shed with him, you know, back in the day. So that's some of my earliest memories. So Christmas has always been a, a big time of year. And uh, it's nice to kind of just get a Christmas song out there for people people to enjoy this time of year. Uh, you mentioned Christmas is, you know, is a big time for your family. I want to give you a big congratulations because you're welcoming a new member of your family. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. We're quite yeah. excited. Yeah. Yes. You and your your partner Laura, you have a new little uh, new little Leafs fan on the way, which is a uh, must be exciting time for you. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's got to be got to be interesting for sure. It is. We can't wait, and we're we're kind of we're gonna wait till the birth to uh, to see what gender it is. So I got a little pink Leafs jersey and a blue <laughs> Leafs jersey. So we'll, uh, <laughs> you got to have all the bases covered, right? So. Well, while we're on that topic, I mean, I just I just noticed today, and we were chatting a little bit beforehand. We got started the um, the retirement of Dion Phaneuf. I know you're a big Leafs fan, Brad, and I always take the opportunity whenever I have anybody on this podcast that I can bullshit Leafs with. I mean, you're if not one of the biggest that I know. Yeah. I mean, we we both spent a lot of time shooting shit back and forth over Twitter on different takes on hot takes on over the <laughs> Leafs and stuff. Uh, what what do you think? What's your overall consensus so far on on this uh, this season? Man, got off to a rocky start, man. I, I, I must admit, after last year's playoffs, it was probably the first time in my life where I was like, I think I was just defeated after 20 <laughs> years of being a Leafs fan. Man, I was absolutely crippled. I was just devastated. So, I mean, as as this year got closer and closer, you begin to get excited and stuff again. But then they had a bit of a rough start to the year, and I was, I was like, man, I don't know about this this year. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this again, right? But uh, I, I haven't missed a game in, in 20 years. Like, if I, I just, I had to see if, if I had to play a gig or something, I'll record, watch it when I get home. I've watched Leafs games at like four o'clock in the morning. I had to be up again at six because I just need to. Uh, yeah. Oh, I might have lost you there for a second. We got you back. Hello? <laughs> Did we lose you? <laughs> oh, we're back. Hey, okay. there we go. There we go. Uh, that's <laughs> all right. Tech- that? Yeah, that's that's te- that's the technical difficulties of, of filming a podcast at home. That's uh, that's how that Well, goes. sure. Yeah, no no big I'll deal. But- yeah, no, but I know, man, it's been, uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's, I mean, this is a frustrating team. It's, 
Did you watch the uh, the documentary they put out last year on the? Uh... That's an interesting one because I'm as big a documentary fan as you're going to find. And leading up to all that, I was like, I cannot wait to see this documentary. And then after the way it ended last year, I cannot bring myself to sit down and watch it. Like, and well, it's, I have Amazon Prime. It's right there. And like every now and then, I'm like, oh, I should watch it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's well, just going to bring back. Much, I'll tell you. Hurt. I'll tell you a couple of things that I found pretty interesting about this documentary. That might maybe give you a, a, a thought to, to to watch it because I felt sure. the same way. I mean, I was. I mean, after last year, I just it was like you mentioned, is like just defeated. You feel deflated. You're like, is this really happening again? Like, again. it's like yeah. it's like how can they possibly lose any worse? I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was possible to lose any worse than four one to the Bruins, except to come back from down three games of one to the Habs. I mean, it's just what else could they do? I mean, there's nothing else that they could possibly do to make it any worse. But what's really yeah. interesting about that documentary that I, I mean, I guess they had to do it, but they really only the last 15 minutes of the six part series is really the most gut wrenching because yeah. I guess they just had to make it still interesting without, without, trying to sour too many Leafs fans. But what I really, really found uh, interesting about that documentary was the insight into the locker room that, you know, not the day-to-day fan gets to see, I mean, way the coaching processes are, the way right. uh, goaltending practices are, I mean, uh, nutrition, all sorts of different things, you know, training, all these different things that, you know, you don't really see. You don't catch these on the highlights. You don't catch them during right. the games and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool to see. And, um, you know, get to see how, how the different, how the guys, you know, interact with each other and, and who's really tight and who's kind of not, you know, I thought that was pretty neat. Sure. Yeah. And that's my favorite type of documentary is like the making of a movie or the making of an album. Like I love all the behind the scenes stuff. So that's why I was so excited to watch it. I don't know why I can't get, I just can't get the nerve up to sit down and start that over and go all the way. It's like, I need to, I need to keep moving forward and kind of put that behind me. But I think I w- at some point I'm going to have to kind of give it a go because I enjoy it too much. Right. I think, I think the most disappointed people from that whole documentary was the people who created it, because I really thought that they, you know, they started oh. at the beginning of the year. I think they obviously thought they were probably going to make, at least at a least, run, at least a run. I mean, at least a run. I don't know if they, you know, you know, nobody, you can't say who's going to win the cup, but I mean, at least a run, make, make, make some noise, make a little splash, but it just, just, uh, just work, pure right? defeat again. I know, man. It's rough. There was, there was a part of me that thought when it went down the way it did, like they may just continue this film, this <laughs> all next year as well. And kind of wait, wait for something good to happen. And then kind of, if it takes two years, right. Put it at the end of this year. But I mean, I guess they couldn't do that, you know, cost a fortune, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough life being a yeah. Leafs fan, but I mean, the Leafs are, <laughs> Leafs are in hard shape, not hard shape, but I mean, I just feel like our big guys really have our contract situation, you know, really stuffed up, which is causes a bit of issues with, I mean, the, with the, with the bottom six, cause you're really just shuffling around lower tier players and trying to make something kind of happen. I noticed recently they just, I think tonight, I mean, we're recording today was the Tuesday, November 16th. Um, yeah. there's a game tonight. Um, I think they put Richie back up on the top line and bunting back on the fourth line. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I haven't been super psyched on Nick Richie this year. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's been playing a fourth, fourth line role. Seems like he's starting to kind of come into a little bit of his own here now. So maybe a boost with, with, with Matthews and Marner up on that top line is maybe just to kind of kick in the arse he needs. It could be. And I saw Keith's comments on it was kind of like, it didn't work 
early in the year, but neither and you know Matthews and Marner weren't good at the beginning of the year either. So maybe now with everybody cooking a little bit more, you put them back together, see what happens. But uh, I'm with you, and I, I haven't really liked Richie's game. I'd almost rather see Kasha up there yeah. for a bit longer. Andre to kind of give him a, a longer kind of stand up there and see what they could because he's got some jump and he's fast. He's, he does, yeah. He's, he's a hound great. Like he kind of reminds me of Hyman in that sense, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Uh, I feel like he could work up there. Richie, I, I don't know if he has the foot speed to kind of keep up with those two guys on that line. I hope I'm wrong. I'd like to see him get in and throw the body a bit more, create a bit more space that way. But That was what I always found I interesting about the, the Thornton situation when they had Thornton up with Matthews and Marner. I'm like, I mean, listen, we all love Jumbo Joe. He's like, you know, he's an icon in, in the league. and But he just didn't have yeah. the speed to keep, keep up with these young guys. These guys are running gun type players now, right? You know what I mean? Yes. And you can see at times when he was stationary, whether it be behind the net or on the, on the half wall, like he could make some, he, he still has the vision to make the play, but just getting to those positions was, you know, became pretty tough for him. So uh, it just wasn't going to work long-term there, right? But I think he's had a pretty good start uh, with Florida this year. He's well, still I mean, cooking, Florida, right? geez, Florida are incredible, man. I mean, they're, they're off and running. So, and you know, how could you how could you be disappointed? You're down playing in Miami. I mean, you're uh, you're you're in Florida. You're 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 paying no state tax. You're just walking around. Really, nobody knows who you are. I mean, it's it's the dream, oh, man, really. I just I I loved that team last year. I thought they were going to make a run, man. I was so determined. I was like, please let this be the year because I loved. I just loved the whole makeup of it. How do you feel uh, about Freddie Anderson down in Carolina this year? Yeah, just tearing it up, right? Like <laughs> yeah. nobody's business. Dude oh, can yeah. stop a beach ball. Like, I don't, and I loved Freddie. Like, I'm a big hockey card collector as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have like massive Anderson collection. I was always a goalie guy. I got a huge Cujo collection from years gone by. Uh, so when Anderson came in and he was good that first year, I was like, all right, let's, let's kind of get to work on collecting some Anderson. Right. So I have a big collection of his now and it's just kind of like gotten out of drain. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I thought it, it just seemed like in big, big moments, man, he couldn't, he couldn't get the job done, which is really unfortunate. Right. Oh man. It's just so, I think, I think a lot of it, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely. I mean, there's no denying that our, our defense didn't quite help. I mean, at times no, our defense is, sure. is tough and you need, you need a big defensive group to, to really help dig you out of some situations. But I also found Freddie he was like big on first goals for first shot goals, which is, I mean, instantly that deflates yeah. your team. It, it sets you off on it the wrong deflated. foot. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm happy to see him, see him do well in Carolina. I mean, he's, he seems like he's a bit, you know, in, in a bit better of a mental state. I mean, that's, that's always a challenge, but playing in I Toronto too, right? He seemed like maybe he was dealing with some things, whether it be mental or, or physical, the last couple of years. He wasn't the same goalie, right? And he's not that old. So I feel, I don't think he was breaking down. Like, it didn't surprise me at all that he's got off to a hard, hot start in Carolina. Not not at all. What do you think about our goaltending situation right now? Oh, I love Jack Campbell. I agree, man. He, he kind of reminds me yeah, of like, he's like, he he's like Cujo and Felix Potfan, like split in the middle to me. It's like, kind of seems together, like that. Yeah. Uh, it's tough it's, to see it's because he's not sorry go ahead oh yeah it's it's interesting because he's not as big like stature wise as anderson he plays a different style or like basilevsky uh, these kind of boys but he's so yeah, he's unpredictable like yeah, he's yeah. liable to make a save like what the hell is he doing and the puck stays out right so it reminds me of joseph in that sense so yeah, I love him. <laughs> and, and his and his charisma i mean how, it seems like that's another thing that you, yeah. i really took out of the 
the that documentary is you really got to see like an insight on Jack Campbell and like just the type of yeah. attitude he has and I mean like the way like he brings himself to the rink every day it's it's really neat and and we got to see our guy Zach Hyman move over to get to play with the, the best player in the league and yeah. just absolutely rip it up in Edmonton right now I mean uh, that was such a tough loss for me, man. I, I was a big Zach Hyman guy. I love Zach Hyman. It was tough to see him. I'm really happy to see him thrive in Edmonton. Actually, to be honest with you, I've watched a ton of Edmonton games this year because how could you not? Yeah. If you're a hockey fan, man, this team is just insane to watch. I mean, watching yeah. McDavid, Dreisaitl, these guys go to work every night is just insane. Their power play is like something out of a movie, right? Is <laughs> Those guys are power play merchants, right? And they're going to rack up points and and good on them, but that team's off to a you know red hot start. Yeah. And Hyman, like you said, is just a casualty of the cap, man. Like, and it's too bad because as fans, like I remember back in the day, like you had Darcy Tucker and Gary Roberts and McGillney and and Jeff O'Neill came through for a couple of years. Sunday and Kudra, all these guys. You didn't think about salary cap. I never knew what these guys made. I didn't care. Fans didn't have to care, and it was amazing yeah. because I'm sure if we knew what Darcy Tucker were getting paid was getting paid at the time, we'd probably be like, man, he's overpaid. Get get him out of here. But it didn't matter. It just wasn't part of it. It didn't matter. And you, and you could really enjoy it, just actually enjoy the game and the players. Whereas now it's like every freaking player, man, has a price tag above their head. And it's like, it's just, you can't ever really enjoy anybody anymore. It's, I hate, the, I hate the hard cap, man. I'd like them to go to some kind of soft cap system, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's talks of, of, well, I mean, the cap's probably going to go up in the next next year or two, but I think I think the challenges I think yeah. that obviously was COVID played a huge case in that. I mean, it was just there's no no revenue coming in, so I mean that's kind of put that on hold. I think for at least a year or so, right? But I mean, it's not yeah, going to add a whole lot of value. Maybe a, maybe a million or two, something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the cap is going to go up, no doubt for sure, but. I, I just hate the whole hard cap system in general. Man. Well, the cap's going to go up, but so are <laughs> people's salaries. So, I mean, what's, what's... Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's always going to be the battle. Like, is it, baseball has a soft cap, right? Well, baseball, has, after a, baseball has a luxury, luxury tax. Luxury tax, yeah. So anytime... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, like the Yankees, for example, who are, you know, one of the richest sports teams in the world. I mean, they just pay their luxury tax. They don't care. That's why they have so many good players because they have so care. much money to throw around. Whereas the, yeah, I mean, let's say, I don't know, the Cincinnati Reds obviously don't have that same kind of right. power money-wise kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I like that because Leafs got all kinds of money. That's exactly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't care about, I don't care about Arizona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't care about the Leafs money because it ain't mine. I just want to see him win. <laughs> it ain't mine, man. Spend away. Go ahead. Exactly. Oh, man, I remember like, you come home from school and trade deadline day or free agents pre-agency friends or whatever yeah. it was and like one year they saw him like ron francis or something <laughs> like at the end of his career he was like who cares yeah come on money who cares go ahead yeah no exactly man. <laughs> it was awesome no. no that's right um okay well get off the get off the hockey because i'm sure whoever's listening who's not into the hockey is like all right boys keep her keep her moving here keep her moving <laughs> <laughs> but i always gotta i always gotta take my shot at the especially when i, I know a guy who knows the leafs like i do for sure uh another oh, cool I thing i wanted to ask you about is, is center city center city media brad i know you do a bunch of work there can you talk about some of the involvement that you are involved with there yeah that's me and my buddy Stephen Green, we kind of started that, uh, I guess that's three or four years ago uh, as well now. So it basically started out of, we were trying to get music videos made for Fairgale and it was too costly and we didn't really know who to go to. So we kind of took it upon ourselves. Let's just start doing it ourselves. So Stephen bought a camera and I kind of learned the editing side of things. And between that, uh, we did a couple of videos for Fairgale as we were getting started. And then we started branching out and doing 
music videos for other people and their friends here in town. So we've been, uh, it's been a slow build, man, right? And we're just steady climbing. And now we're, we're quite busy. Like every Yeah, I mean, you're cooking now. I mean, tons of everything I yeah, see has yeah. got, got the name on it, which is great. And I mean, it's not only just, it's, it, listen, it's great work. I mean, the videos turn out great. I mean, they're shot edited uh they look fantastic i mean everything about them is really really great i know you guys have been doing a ton of work with, with justin fancy who's just been blowing up and, yeah. and doing a ton of different yeah. stuff i mean all kinds of different videos and stuff which is which is really great to see so i mean hats off to you guys for for you know kind of taking that initiative and and really uh you know jumping at something different yeah it's been a great great thing for me because i really enjoy it i didn't think i'd ever be somebody working in video editing or that type of thing but it's uh it's one of those things where I kind of, I don't mind tedious work <laughs> yeah, and sorting right. through a bunch of footage and putting together, you know, a video or, you know, it's quite, it's quite tedious, but I enjoy it. So, and I've been doing some work as well with uh, Roger Mondra of Up Sky Down Films. And he does, uh, he's, you know, a big name here in town and mm -hmm. does a lot of corporate things, documentaries and stuff like that. And he, he uh, got me in to do some documentary editing and stuff like that. So I've, I've been quite busy with that the last year and a half as, as well. And that's been really fun because once again, I love documentaries. So to be able to kind of be behind the screen and put one together, it's been a, it's been quite a rewarding experience, right? Yeah, no, right on, man. That's awesome. So, um, okay. You're the drummer with Fairgale. You're the drummer with Shani Ganook. You got your own singer songwriter type thing going. Uh, I mean, you're doing editing for center city. You're involved with a whole bunch of different projects. What's you just put out a new single? Uh, what's what's <laughs> next? What's next for Brad? Talk. What's coming up? What what can we, what can you tell us? What's yeah. uh, what's in the books? So I, uh, in a week's time, we're heading up to Labrador with Shanaganuk to finish our Arts and Culture Center tour, and then we have all the Christmas shows and stuff that comes uh, this time of year with with Shanaganuk. And then once the new year starts, I'm uh, back in the studio to finish my record. Hopefully, have that out in the spring. Uh, Fairgale has a new record coming as well. Hopefully, we'll have that out in the spring. Uh, I'm not sure if Shani has any, yes, Shani has a new song coming out as well, whether it be, I guess it'll be before Christmas, a great song written by Patrick Moran, actually. So we just recorded okay, cool. that here in the studio, uh, past week. So that's common as well. Uh, not to mention a couple other recording projects I have on the go and a steady stream of video work. So, and a little baby coming in, uh, <laughs> in early March. So, uh, it's going to be a busy few months. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, maybe when all that stuff drops, maybe in the spring or, you know, maybe early summer, we'll get you back on for another chat and we can talk about some of the some of the projects that uh, that have been, you know, hopefully at that time released. And we can talk about, you know, some of the successes that have that have come from them. So uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time today, Brad. It's, a, you know, it's always a treat to catch up, man. For anybody who's at home uh, listening, wants to find Brad Tuck, where can we find you two online? Sure. Yeah. My biggest, uh, I guess my biggest hub is Facebook. So facebook.com slash Brad Tuck music, uh, as well as my webpage, Brad So you can find me on there. Anything I'm up to, you'll, you'll find it on there for sure. And you can find the, the links for, uh, for the new single, the red violin on, on your Facebook page. Correct. Yeah. I should mention that as well. Spotify, Apple music and all that stuff. All the links are on Facebook. If you just search Brad Tuck in, in those apps, you'll find it as well. So it's all on there. <laughs> awesome man well thanks again for taking the time buddy i really really appreciate it really great to catch up man and uh, we'll see you soon and if i don't see you before christmas man good luck with all the shows and uh and uh have a safe sure, season man. and same to you i appreciate it very much nice to talk with you all right buddy we'll catch up soon cheers cheers 
once again, big thanks to Brad for jumping on. Uh, what a treat to have him on and, and get to uh, talk about his new single, The Red Violin, which is just a beautiful song. Uh, beautiful video, really, really nice, uh, you know, shot so well and, and it really captures, like Brad mentioned, some of our great violinists and fiddlers here in, in the province. And um, the song is just a beautiful, beautiful, you know, a tribute to, to Remembrance Day. And it's, it's, you know, it's got a real nice vibe to it. Um, so make sure you do check out Brad and, and, and his new single, The Red Violin. Um, that about does it for me, guys. Um, like I mentioned, Tibbs Eve will be on sale soon. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled on my social media. Um, from downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, I'm Dave Witte. Peace.